Hello, and welcome to Cinemondo Explores Star Trek with Kathy, Mark, and Burke. Today's episode, Court Martial. Oh. Dun dun. Stardate uh, 2947.3. And today, once again, we have our favorite special guest. Don't tell any of our other guests. Um, <laughs> Mark so Maddox is with us. Artist. From the podcast. Rack on tour. Yeah. Hey, Mark. Mm-hmm. Good to see you. To see you oh. too. You can just say you can just say Mark squared, and Mark that'll squared. take care of it. Yeah, Mark one and double Mark M. two, like Devo. Yeah, Mark one Mark two. Hey, Mark before we Mark. get in, before we get into it, don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment on our YouTube channel if you're watching yep. us on YouTube. Yeah, you got to hit that button, mash yeah, it. Important. Got to mash you. that button, mash it. Come on, y'all. <laughs> Mark, I don't know why the accent. Mash it. Mash it. Yes, mash it. Mash. You got to do it. And smash. But okay, yeah, so we're subscribe, doing... and then we can make more of these. Yeah, because every on, time like... somebody subscribes, we get ten thousand dollars. <laughs> you I'm get ten thousand. Start 000? a podcast. I know. I get ten thousand. You guys don't get ten thousand. Oh, every time somebody 000. likes a video, I get ten thousand dollars. They actually take ten thousand dollars from me. <laughs> oh, that's where it goes. Because that's, that's where, where, so that's, that's, where it's that's been what going. I'm getting. Okay, Damn now it. I understand. Uh, we're paying Burke way too much. So we're doing court martial. Court martial. That was yeah, today's aired, episode is Court Martial. Yeah, originally aired February 2nd, 1967. Episode 20 of the first season. And this is one of the best ones. This is one of the good ones, I think. It, it's the one that, that um, sounds kind of boring when you tell somebody about it, maybe, that it's like a, you know, it's the, uh, the courtroom drama episode. And some people are like, mm, I want to see the Klingons and stuff, but this one is actually so compelling and fun, even though it's kind of based and bound to a set and a, and a, a, it's a singular concept and it's, it goes from point A to point B and you, you, you're along for this great ride, you know, my favorite ones are the small, you know, confined to the ship kind of episodes. I always liked those. I don't know why. And like the the look of it. Like the, the episode that is coming up that we're going to talk about next, Return of the Archons, which has like too many things going on. This has got one through line. You're, you're there. Too many the... and not enough all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but it's I also basically... like the, I, I say I like, the, I like the ones that take place in Starbase. I think those yeah. are yeah. interesting, you know, so. And you get a little bit of like normal life too, because you see people in a bar in their normal clothes and kind of the way people dress in normal <laughs> bar. civilians bar. hanging out in the restaurant. And, and she had a very cool outfit on. Yeah. <laughs> Started with that. The- wah, 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 wah. One of those women from Kirk's past is back yeah. again. Wow. A little and we got McCoy getting lens. all bent about it. Like, where did she get all the grooves? Yeah, Jim, you need to take this seriously. Hey, come on, baby, let's talk for. (laughs) And McCoy saying she's a handsome woman. (laughs) But basically, this one is about Kirk being um, getting himself into trouble because there was a an ion storm apparently, and I, I don't really know how the mechanics of this work. It's a there's a thing called a pod, and apparently, when you go through an ion storm and you want to explore or research or analyze this ion storm you get into the pod and somehow the pod is used during it and it gets more and more dangerous and you get to like a yellow alert and then you go to a red alert and by then you absolutely have to jettison that pod red alerts are bad yeah and so (laughs) the person who's in the pod i just want to make it clear to our our viewers and our listeners that 
Red Alert's not a good thing. You watch out when you get to <laughs> Red Alert, case. folks. Take it from Kathy. Don't do it. <laughs> but but what happens here is that that uh, Kirk went through the the you know he did his duty and he did it right and he knows he's right that there was an ion storm. He knew that his friend was in the pod and his friend and him have a little bit of a tricky relationship, but he, his friend is in the pod and his friend gets out of the pod apparently. And he hits, you know, jettison the pod button, which is mm. right there on the arm of his chair. But he, um, but then when he gets to the star base and he's in this trouble, they show this video back and it shows him hitting the button during yellow alert. And it sounds really dry and, you know, courtroomy, but the idea is that Kirk is looking at that saying, wait a minute, I didn't do that. And Mr. Spock is basically saying, and computers don't lie, Captain, you know, so it's, <laughs> it was the, did the captain really screw up here and actually, and, and also out of vengeance because he has a little bit of trouble with this guy, like the history mm -hmm. that goes back, these, they don't get along. They had some trouble back in, you know, the academy or whatever, and the guy who was in the pod felt like he should have been the captain and all, you know, it's that kind of a thing. So was it an act of vengeance? Did Kirk eject this guy because he hates him? Yeah. That's basically the episode. Then we go into the court. That doesn't sound like Kirk to me. I think that he was falsely accused. It doesn't sound like something <laughs> Captain Kirk would do. He would not do that. So uh, anyway, <coughs> um, <laughs> this... <laughs> This episode is a non-science fiction episode in a science yeah. fiction universe. Um, you would think that this would be one of them, like, you know, a booger picker. And you'd be like, oh, this is a boring God killing What me. is a booger picker? I don't know. I just came up with it. But, <laughs> that's a, that's but, a, is that a genre? But the thing is, yeah, that's a new genre I just invented. Under booger picker. <laughs> From the people that brought you horror in science fiction, booger picker. Um <laughs> It's it's funny to me because even as a kid, I really loved this episode. It wasn't yeah. dry. It moved. the mm -hmm. The fact that the beautiful woman that Kirk has had a relationship with in the past is actually, you know, when she turns or, turns it on him and goes, "Because I'm supposed to make sure they hang you out to dry." Yeah. The man. I, I think love. she's bitter. Yeah, I mean, it's just really <laughs> sort of. Yeah, I mean, it was the you know it was the same thing with with Finney, and it was his time to do the job, so he did it. She got the call, she got the 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 letter or the this or the that or the email or whatever they have three hundred years from now. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's like you know I'm here to do I'm here to you know sink you. And there's a lot of stuff. There's like in the bar, the guys like Kirk comes in and Finney is supposedly dead and and all that is like when how long is it going to take for you to get a new records officer? Yeah, and then Kirk. <laughs> You can talk clearer than that. It's like, I might, but I think the point's already been made. <laughs> <laughs> Just these hateful, nasty, drunk Starfleet officers. It's like all of a sudden we're in the middle of a Western, you know, like yeah. it should be like a corral behind them. I'll yeah. kick your ass. I'll yeah. kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you're not just, very dignified all of a sudden you yeah, yeah it's like they're thugs just, or something <laughs> and, until proven guilty right yeah well, sorry and brandy will do that to you yeah, yeah. <laughs> turns them surly but the but right. the 
but it does have a lot of drama in it. And there is a lot of this thing like, okay, what is the pod? And it's like, it doesn't matter. The guy went yeah. in it and we're not sure mm-hmm. why he died. They didn't have the budget to make a pod. Right. Uh, in the in the modern special effects version, they show a section where the pod would have ejected and it's like right. there's some like hot fire or the, the it looks molten around it or something. A little burn etching on there. Yeah. And then there's like some sort of thing that looks like it's repairing it, like a repair vehicle that's bringing in some panels or something. Right. Yeah, this is one of those that does get that really coolness from the modern updates. The ship looks really neat with the hole yes. in the side of it. And then yeah. you see the 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 buildings on the planet surface where yeah. Commodore Stone is, and you see people walking around inside yeah. the Love buildings. That. And it's like, Love oh, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, which brings us to a person I really want to mention, Percy Rodriguez, yeah. who I think is awesome as Commodore Stone. I wish yeah. they had brought him back somehow or maybe in other future episodes. But there was this guy with this incredible voice. He looked yeah. like a leader and all the stuff that he was known for later. Like you will not believe it when you see jaws, you know, I mean, he would <laughs> yeah. do that and ghostbusters and heavy metal. He was the yeah. voice of heavy metal and he was, he was wonderful. I was, I wish they had had him in there more. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many characters like that. We always talk about the fact that they put they, they this casting on the show was so great. And I guess maybe the the pool of actors that were just running around Hollywood in those days were so powerful. You know, there was like you see these people on other shows, you see them on Mannix or whatever. Yeah. And there there's so many great faces and voices from those times. Well, Elijah Cook Jr. Yeah. My yes. God. I mean, he's fantastic as Blackula from Blackula. Yeah. I was in the theater with 500 screaming kids when that woman got off the gurney and starts going down the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> Every kid is shrieking. Eliza Cook Jr. is there with his cutoff hand with the hook, you know, yeah. working at, yeah. the, at the morgue or whatever. Yeah. But he's, he's great from the Bogart films and, and oh, all yeah. that stuff. He's the a terrific gunsel. actor. And like brings Maltese up... Falcon is so incredible mm-hmm. in that. Well, it's something about this show, too. There's two things. One is the the visualization of Kirk pushing the button, the tampering yes. with evidence, and the other one is the fight between about computers versus books, which we're in the middle yeah. of now. Right. I still I'm going to go with Cogley here on this one. <laughs> I I still think it's better to hold a book in your hand to read. I yeah. I mean the Kindles and stuff are great mm-hmm. if you can do it. I mean sometimes when I'm tired I'll actually scan in a whole book and read it on a huge monitor for my bad eyesight, but. <laughs> But I, I think that they're, that those are still very valid. Uh, and nowadays with the tampering of video, I mean, look at the insane yeah. ways that they can yeah. get Obama to say something he didn't say or this, yeah. that, or the other. The deep fake uh, stuff is the scary. Deep fake stuff yeah. is crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. but, but we are talking 1966 mentality. It's like, well, that's not the way it happened. And like nowadays, if that happened, it goes, okay, so it's an edit. So what? Yeah. That's, you know, somebody else's hand or, or you from another mission or something that has just mm-hmm. been fed in. But at the time, it's sort of like, wow, how did they do that? Right. You know? Yeah. And they'd get a forensic hacker in there to find out who touched it. And they'd look at the headers and find out what the, pro- you know, the, the, how much traffic has been on this software and who touched it and when yeah. it was modified. But back then, that was a pretty advanced idea that someday you would Mm -hmm. be able to manipulate data in a way that makes somebody look like they're doing something that they're not is basically like a photoshop you know deep fake kind of an idea where something is faked and it's fascinating it's fun to to watch it in the show where they suddenly kind of realize this and you know spoilers it's uh kirk is kirk is innocent 
but um what's fun to watch about this is how it how it resolves and they start realizing what if finney is not dead which which is kind of almost crazy at first but it's that sherlock holmes thing of you know do everything look examine everything and then go and see what the last thing that you did that is not possible yeah and mm-hmm. you know take away sure everything enough. that's impossible yeah. and Thank what's you. left is possible is the thing yeah what you said <laughs> <laughs> that's why what's, what's possible trying. and not possible the impossible that's what? not possible <laughs> But it's. A- I mean, technically, the episode legally didn't make a lot of sense, but I I went with it because I liked seeing the courtroom drama on a Star Trek episode. I mean, him being able to face his accuser, the computer. I don't know. Seems a little weird. Mm. And everybody's and, you down know that they would even the let her prosecute him with her history with him. Like she would have to recuse herself. That just seemed a little. Okay. Okay, Kathy. We're talking. I'm just saying. Six writing. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, we, only fact 50, a- we only got 54 minutes kathy and then, then you got to tell the story <laughs> you know the script is the cheapest part to write get the legal shit straight yeah. but, I didn't really, but i like it don't cost much <laughs> i don't like it but i did like i really I enjoyed the mean. whole courtroom thing you know but i i went ahead and let him do it because who knows what courts will be like when you're doing it on a spaceship maybe it is a little dicier there there is one thing i do want to quote i'm thinking about putting on a shirt and that's this yes ma'am <laughs> yes ma'am yeah i know she's <laughs> Yes, her her performance in Ensign that is so James bizarre. T. Kirk. Yeah, yeah. She's Ensign like that girl James that's T. yelling Kirk. about the the shark going in the estuary, and just there's a shark in the estuary. There's a <laughs> shark in the shark in the pond. I mean, it's like we've gotten somebody with a little bit of a better voice. She's got. She a was so scared. She was strangled. I can't get it out. <laughs> but yeah i mean there yeah i know what you mean i'm I'm looking at this and this is this is just we're, we got to have hard-hitting melodrama like boom yeah. kirk's in trouble boom even percy rodriguez mm-hmm. is yelling at carpenter stone's yelling at him <laughs> goes to cogley i'm an old timer i'm you know it's like uh i'm right out of a frank capra movie yeah and then you so you true. know as it goes along and it's like yeah i mean i'm watching it now you know and it's funny let's say that we were to refilm it right this minute with mm-hmm. all those problems 30, 50 years from now, people are going to be laughing at what we did. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's always right. going to be that in the future. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't believe it. You know. I know the future so quaint. <laughs> well, I did. I mean, I just, I going back to Percy Rodriguez. I like that whole scene with, you know, Commodore Stone and him, like before they do the trial, like, let's, let's mm-hmm. figure this out. Cause you know, you Kirk, you're respected. Let's, let, you know, just cop to it and we can kind of, you know, work it. I like that sort of camaraderie between the Starfleet upper echelon. I think that's a kind of a nice moment, and that was, was it was good that it was written in before they actually go to the trial. So yeah. I didn't mind that the trial sort of short shrift, and they sort of cut to the chase. That's okay, you know, that's fine with me. And then the whole Finney stuff. I just like the interpersonal relationships and the Starbase. I thought that was really fun. Yeah, and Finney's yeah. daughter coming in and yeah. being angry with Kirk for killing her father, and mm-hmm. and uh, that first dress she wore was hot. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. That crepe like little... paper. It looked like a school project, you know, in the sort of the second graders. Yeah, I made a flower. Wrapping paper. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're back to Return okay. of the Archons. She looks like sailor. a unicorn. <laughs> a sailor outfit or a pinafore or whatever. It was like something it. from a simplicity trap, you know, yeah. those patterns. That, you know, so it's like they almost like they wanted her to actually be twelve, but they got this full grown woman. Well, I guess she's gonna have to wear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make this out of a shower curtain too. It's oh. a but you know what? 
I mm-hmm. have to give so much respect to the props, wardrobe, set dressing, everything on these shows because I've worked on shows where you have to make everything. You can't just buy off the shelf clothes for her to come mm-hmm. in. She's a, she's a right. character that appears twice in it. We're going to need two different outfits for her and they have to look futuristic and they can't be, you know, they can't draw too much attention and we don't want them to be sexy. We don't, we need them to be like what a teenager wears every day in right. the year 4 billion or whatever, you know, <laughs> and that stuff, I, I love seeing what they come up with in Star Trek because they yeah. mm-hmm. come up with imaginative, interesting yeah. costumes over and over and backgrounds and backdrops and props and set dressing. And it's, to me, it's just, that's one of the funnest things for me to, when I watch the episodes, is looking at the details like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the the computer box and or whatever, of course, I'm, I'm watching it today on yeah. super high def on a huge screen. Oh, no. And it's like, well, you can see them screws. Yeah. You can see where all the screws and you can see the pattern <laughs> yeah. in the woods. Like, let's they put try that to hide the screws. Very, very yeah. light blue over the whole thing. But you know what? I love it. Yeah. I that's absolutely a charm. Well, there's no way we would have seen it with conventional television sets. No. I don't. I don't even care if you had a. What yeah. was the largest TV set back in the in the 70s when yeah. we were watching it? Uh, probably 30 like 20, inch or something. 30 20. inch or something like that. Regular regular definition at that time, you still wouldn't have seen it. No. So now I see it. And I go, ooh, look at the look at the wood grain on there on that you know modern super super futuristic piece of equipment. But it's still cool. I love it. It was made to look like wood because people used to remember when there were forests. <laughs> There aren't anymore. <laughs> They're simulating wood. Are we are we doing a review for Silent Running or something here? All of a sudden, <laughs> no. You know what? You're gonna sing like to, sing like Joan to. Baez for us, Kathy. Please. <laughs> no, I can't do that. <laughs> Back when I worked in props, I used to have a prop workshop, and I used to have so much materials and people that I worked with, and we were always um, we we were all nerds, and we were always making replicas of props from shoot movies and shows that we love yeah. and things. Yeah. And that computer box is one thing that I made that I, I still have it in my garage and I made a real exact replica of that prop. And it was in the background in a lot of the shows that I worked on and in those times. And there's a bunch of other little homages like that, that we did in the prop realms. Yeah. That's and fun. it was so fun. Always like, making the props from star trek was always so fun because you could make them in exactly the same way they made them on the show you basically cut them out of wood sand it you know glue it together with wood glue and then paint the hell out of it you know and it's and those colors those light grays those sort of off off gray with bright oranges and things like that the colors were so cool and a little bit of line tape on it that's nice. hardcore analog prop stuff instant star trek yeah i deal with a lot of guys who are super hardcore star trek they can tell you that a little jar that's in dr mccoy's office with no lid on it yeah sitting up there on the thing that it was sold in kmart in 1964 (laughs) i'm not joking these guys know i know those guys to the insane amount and i love it i absolutely love it i am one of those guys (laughs) but i'd like to i'd like to just you know I don't know if the whole house, but have a room that's built exactly like that. And having done those Star Trek set tours over here yeah. in, in Jacksonville or right above Jacksonville, it's like you walk in and the noir lighting's going and all kinds of stuff. You go, mm. okay, this is really freaking weird, but I absolutely love it. That's really cool. Um, oh, let's Mark talk about and- let's talk about the actress Ariel Shaw uh, from William Castle's Homicidal. That's right. Yeah, she she's great. 
I like her in this. I mean, there's certain yeah. ladies of the Star Trek universe that are like, but I really liked her a lot. I thought she did a good job. Has, has everybody here seen Homicidal? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Jo- Joan Mitchell, uh, Joan Marshall, I think. Her jo- name yeah. 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 And and she really, she did a good job in that too. But uh, I've always liked this uh, character and the d- delivery is really good and everything, you know. So Yeah, she's, a, she's yeah, kind she's of great. a hardcore character in this where she's not a like a no nonsense she's not like one of those screaming women victim mm-hmm. you know and she's right. like one of those strong capable women yeah that still fall for kirk every time yeah already had <laughs> but yeah. he's kirk uh, for the second time oh kathy uh, can can i ask a sexist question here just for <laughs> okay. a second all right <laughs> okay. now i need to know this this is important <laughs> okay what's hotter on kirk the regular tan looking sort of shirt or that <laughs> yeah. bedroom you know wrap around thing you know for his bad back no no the suit the regular the regular outfit really yeah i really thought you, i thought that would no. be like just wow the mark around's like, a little mark, too mark trying too hard trying too hard <laughs> scrambled like eggs it. yeah and you know and also as they demonstrate in this when you rip it it looks extra good <laughs> it always kind of just let it has like velcro on it or something i think we just learned something about see? kathy see <laughs> when it's torn when they tear it which they always do kirk's always getting sure. shit torn off his body then there you yeah. go yeah <laughs> i've got a totally fucked up tangent can i go there for one minute no absolutely is this please. more okay. sexism <laughs> no 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 okay. so the court during the courtroom scene there's the court reporter who at the beginning like has to walk over and press the button to start the recording correct and then he does that twice yeah. are you familiar with a uh an actor by the name of frank adamo i've heard the name yeah you know who that is burke yeah i think that's him oh Frank Adamo, it was Dick Van Dyke's personal assistant. And yeah. On the Dick Van Dyke shows, he was, he was in a like bunch of them. characters, kind of this tall uh, guy, and he had an interesting face. And he was I the Eddie Paskey of the, of the Dick Van Dyke show. Right. He was always oh, okay. he was he was the waiter. Pretty, or oh, the, yeah. He was yeah. like 60 different uh, characters. Yeah. And I think right. that's him because I think they filmed it on the same set, didn't they? Dick, I mean, the same uh, back lot, Paramount? Dick Van Dyke. I don't know where they filmed no. Dick Van Dyke. It would oh, okay, be, okay. Um, anyway, I, 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 I slowed it down and watched it like 10 times. I said, that's him. He has his head down. He kind of gets off real quick. Anyway, how's that for weird? But it was he, there was one guy that was wearing a kind of a dress look. They almost looked like that later when they did that next generation formal attire, like when they were meeting dignitaries and stuff like that. They had mm-hmm. almost like a man's robe that dropped down and it was like right. a little effeminate looking for my taste. But I, the, the, the guy in... in the show today had one almost exactly like it. Was that the same guy? Is that what you're talking about? There was uh, a- I don't, I, I don't know. I can't remember what he was wearing. I just know he was in and out real quick, head low, you know, almost yeah. in shadows, but he has a very interesting looking face. And so I think, uh-huh. that's him. I think is he the guy that's in, that is kind of known for being in more episodes of television than any other actor. So I, I think that's him. Yeah, he's like been he in tons was in, and tons of things. If you look at anyway. his, like episodes of the Dick Van Dyke Show, it'll say like he was in eighty-seven of them or something. <laughs> something and then like, wow, he was Mary Tyler Moore Show fifty times, and he was on. It's, I think he's that guy. I'm not sure. Well, I know he's Dick Van Dyke's personal assistant. That's why he was yeah. on the show. I don't know, about uh. but anyway, that's a personal side. Sorry, we got off tangent, but it was like one of those things. I, you know, you try to watch. You, you've seen these things forty, fifty times. You try to pick a little simple, simple thing out when you're watching. It's like, well, it's like what Burke cool. said. When you're watching this to actually talk about it, you do find yourself going, "I never noticed that before." Right. 
Yeah, yeah you're no. paying so attention to things that are. Yeah, <laughs> usually I'm there just going like, you know, injecting I'm, myself, I'm, you know. And I was noticing too, it. like how they identify things so the audience will know, and you have the little pad that he's pushing the buttons, and you have mm. the little alert, and then alert, and then jettison pot like you know yeah. just in case he wasn't sure and they're all yeah. in a row and i'm like oh that's what that button's for well it's very it's <laughs> very so sort of you know the batman uh, you know it's, so yeah. it's got a million it's one of those kind of things like people yeah. have discussed that as an anomaly and they've it's said so why funny. is the why is jettison pod the main button on the control <laughs> panel on the captain's chair why is it right underneath the alerts what if you're trying to hit well, to turn elbow, the alert off you know? and you hit jettison pod by accident like well, even like when they're telling the computer to stop and they reach on, there's this giant toggle switch and they go like that. Yeah. It's like, really, there's like four things. <laughs> it makes me wonder if like it, the computer's smart enough to know that, okay, I need to have this scenario set up for whoever's operating it at this time or whatever scenario. Yeah. And so, I'll buy that. I'll that's what people that. say as it changes. You know, the, pay the, me. the configuration pay me some changes, yeah. the words change, the buttons <laughs> the buttons have different functions for different operations. That's right. Right now we're doing something with the pod. So it goes bloop and it turns into this configuration. Yeah. Because oh, a lot of that. times he hits that thing with his fist and he's like, you know, uh, engineering, you know, and it's, yeah. it's like, that's his communicator, you know? And then other times he, he's just randomly pressing buttons while he's watching something on the screen. I'll so tell you, I'll tell you one thing that I really loved. Uh, and I was grateful to this in, in science fiction was the second Battlestar Galactica television show with phones yeah. and giant knobs and everything. Mm -hmm. It's like, my attitude is like, you're in deep space. Mm -hmm. And if you've got a toggle switch, the chances of it not working are like, like so minimal yeah. as opposed to like a computer, which yeah. can be rebooted and there's subtleties to it and little micro parts to it and everything like that. And it's like, well, we found being in space that you need, you know, yeah, that kind of physicality of, thing. of it. It's the also not hackable. I think the idea mm -hmm. in the Battlestar yeah. Galactica was that the, the Cylons wouldn't be able to hack in because it's a brilliant. Oh, okay. Manual, yeah, yeah. Analog yeah. manual wired system. Yeah. And, but the thing is a lot of people agree with exactly what you said, the tactile feeling of a switch. Plus there's the modular aspect of it. Like, like you said, if that fix, if that switch fails, it's really easy to pull it out and weld it, you know, like solder in a new switch, you know, and they probably right. have a storeroom full of parts, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and if a computer goes, goes sour, you know, the, you've got to bring in the IT crew and they have to shut everything down and everybody's like, I'm offline. I can't get anything, you know, yeah. and your whole system is ruined. But if it's just a switch, it's like, oh, we can fix that in like four seconds, sir. <laughs> yeah. Click, yeah. click. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're making an excuse for the show's yeah. look back then because I remember the yeah. first time I was watching one of the very earliest episodes of Next Generation, right when it was brand new, and Will Wheaton's taking his fingers and going like that. And I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Is he drawing or something? It was even <laughs> new to me at the time. But, you know, I mean, things will go that direction. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Some things will and some things will. I don't know with interfaces if, you're, if it's ever going to become more physical. I remember um, – I do interfaces for shows and when uh, minority report came out every producer i talked to said we want to we want something like minority report where the where it's like all this business yeah. and air it was and impressive like, and it's like yeah. a dance and he can run over here and do that and i was and i remember thinking it looks cool in minority report and yeah 
And Tom Cruise always does those movies where he's like the expert at the thing. He's like shaking cocktails mm -hmm. or whatever. And so he's doing the, you know, doing the computer screen. <laughs> I had to jump over there. <laughs> but you know what I mean? He's always like yeah. the best guy at the thing. Right. And he's yeah. always the best guy at the computer. And he's, he's act, like, he's done this a million times. But when you think about it, it just, just wear you out to be doing like what if you're in a hurry and you're like oh i'm so tired i have to reach well if you're built up. like tom cruise yeah. i mean you know helps you stay in shape Probably get some cardio so. and those <laughs> transparent <laughs> monitors where you're looking at something and you can see the room behind it through the monitor that to me is like that's not i don't think i don't think that's going to work in the future well, it's kind of like like when you drive yeah. a tesla and they just have just the screen yeah and there's no you know, brakes or blinkers or whatever. Like, there's, there's no. Do you levers. drive a Tesla? I do. Well, I mean, I haven't seen the dashboard on one. I mean, there's you, just it's a like screen, an iPad. and that's it. So it's weird when you're. It takes some getting used to to like just have oh, a computer crap. screen. It's pretty weird. Um, well, once you get used to it, it's something. But sometimes I, yeah. I feel my brain kind of reverting. I'm like, oh, I need to turn down the volume on the radio. Wait uh what do i do wow okay <laughs> it's very huh. weird so it is sort of a, a reworking of the brain even though we're doing computers all the time it's still weird when you take something that's so ingrained in muscle memory and driving right. a car like for so many years and then to have this whole new way of driving is just like what yeah. and that's what i think is kind of cool about you know, going back to the design of the computers and the things in star trek is they made them so simple they mm -hmm. didn't have um you know, there was no, there weren't even keyboards, you know, yeah. nobody in those days predicted that we would be using keyboards, which is weird. A lot of old science fiction movies who were trying to show us the future. They never, they never got that. They never got that there would be a screen and a computer yeah. keyboard. It was yeah. always some other method of data entry. Yeah. It would be like right. computer. I, <laughs> I would like to Google? ask you a question, you know, and, yeah. or you would type something in a keyboard and it would go click, 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 click. And lights would flash. And from the flashing lights, Mr. Spock is able to derive the answer yeah. from, the, from the lights. And, right. or, or in the old days, it would be a piece of paper that would pop out and you would pull the paper out and read the result, you know. Right. But they didn't, they didn't get that there was going to be um, a screen that would have your readout. There's a few mm -hmm. screens, of course, on the bridge, you know, that yeah. we see, but we never really see them using them too much. They use them like a slide projector sometimes. Yeah. But the computer in the courtroom is that classic, classic idea of a prop that we don't know how it works, but the characters in the show somehow make it function and it works, which I like. I can I can sort of buy that, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As long as Major Barrett's voice is there, that's all that yeah. matters. <laughs> it makes it sound important. As far as I'm They're concerned. Working. <laughs> yeah, working. working. Yeah. But going back to the episode, really, it's just it's a good courtroom drama. It moves yeah. really quick, as Mark said. Yeah, I mean, the thing it has like four yeah, distinct sections to the to the ep to the episode, and it moves. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's I remember when I originally saw it a hundred years ago, I was so shocked that Finney was alive. I mean, yeah. it was like, oh yeah. my god, how the Enterprise should have been mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut right. up, Finney. <laughs> I said, how can you be daughters listening Kirk? to you, pal? Good <laughs> your bitching. You I was always on board. I was always skeptical with Kirk's <laughs> friends, like you know his old buddies. Were always like, I don't know if he would really be friends with this guy. Yeah, you know, it was, was no. very odd with the actor. Well, he looks like an algae. 
I mean, he looks just <laughs> like he's got them red, saggy eyes and all that. I've seen the guy in other shows. He's a damn good actor. Yeah. But but in this one, he's playing this haggard guy that's been hiding down in the lower decks for days. Right. And they yeah. had the whole weird heartbeat thing. Yeah. It was really strange. Also, like, we're going to turn off everyone's heartbeat except yeah. for one. All white noise. Yeah, but it was kind of a weird idea of like, this is how we're going to find him. We're going to turn off. I know. Off. Well, what else to do? I thought it was interesting. But I can see weird. Commodore Stone looking at Kirk and going, look, I don't know what the hell's going on with you, but I ain't in a good mood because just a few months ago, your your uh, your science officer was up for a court martial too. So what the right. hell's going on on your <laughs> ship? You know, I mean, there's a, a lot of court martials. Kirk. You seem to blame everything on the computer. What's up yeah. with that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you uh, going back to the end after you know they find out and Finney sort of you know tells them what, what how to how to fix things. All of a sudden, we get a narration from Kirk. Is mm. now how many times has that happened? That it's yeah, not a, you know, not a you know captain's log. That felt like a very, it was like, I think it. that there were some issues with the script and they sort of had to kind of like cram it together. Ram it so up, to, like just yeah. get it done. Just throwing some narration to sort of, you know, get, get it done in the, in the 50 What minutes. they should have done is when Cogley left and said, I'll be back and I'll, and everything, they should have immediately brought that actress in and had them, you know, okay, cut. Okay. Start the camera back up. Okay. You walk back in and then fit, fit it in later where you see her there. But him saying that was sort of like, yeah, I noticed it too. It was a little bit like, okay, you're, this is a last second real quick let's explain this to people kind yeah. of thing right yeah right. uh the whole chess thing the chess thing being the thing that lets spock know that the computer's messed up it's a little far-fetched <laughs> i like that <laughs> though where he i do too I, I, like outsmarted it. It. Yeah. I like it i do but i'm saying that's a 60s but i'm running it through the 1960s filter mm -hmm. where it's like okay hey something's wrong with the computer and i just proved it kind of thing but it's still a little bit like what is playing chess with it and having you know have to do with Finney altering some tapes? But yeah, because I mean somebody's tampered with the computer. The computer has been tampered with because I programmed it to play chess and I have just beaten it so many times. The best I should have been able to do is a draw, you know. Mm -hmm. And in those days, what's cool is the idea of programming a computer to play chess was still science fiction. That was still like, True. I don't, yeah. yeah, that was like, maybe someday we can do it, but it was just too, I, a lot of people in those early days of computers were saying, I don't think it'll ever be possible to program a computer to play chess because there's just too many variables. Do you many, ever remember that, that brown original chess board that came out that could play? I mean, I don't yeah. remember what it was called, but it was big, big news yes. that they oh, actually yes. had something that could do that. Yeah, I remember it. Um, oh, one thing. Elisha Cook Jr. steals Kirk's thunder in this show. He gets the <laughs> yeah. Shatner speech. Did you notice? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the yeah. man fading in the shadow of the machine. I yeah. demand it. And Kirk's just sitting there like, oh, that should be my line. Like with yeah. these twinkles in yeah. his eyes, you know. Yeah. Finally, somebody got to out Shatner Shatner until, oh, yeah, until, Dooms until Doomsday Machine came along. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Sure. Yeah, but he's his barrister, so he gets to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Closing yeah. statement. He did a good job. I mean, it's funny too because I think his his speeches in this are are still relevant. Yeah, they are. They are. You know. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like a lot. He had a lot of problems memorizing those lines, and they had to do a lot of cutaways and a lot of stuff because he just couldn't remember the long, you know, the long speech. Cogley so. would be the kind of person that if if he had kids, he'd be like, "You guys get outside, go outside <laughs> and play." Yeah. Well, in real life, Elisha Cook Jr. was a real recluse. You know, he didn't he didn't get into the Hollywood scene or anything. Oh, and evidently really? he lived in a like a cabin, like way out of town. And he had a manager who would get him gigs 
and call him up and say, Hey, I got a gig for you. And he would show up, learn his lines. I think at that point he wasn't really having to do auditions Mm. or maybe would do a test or something, but he would come, he'd show up and he would do his part. And then it would be like, you know, not coming to the rap party or anything by, you know, and he would take off and disappear again. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool life. Interesting. But it's, he, a, it's, um, a, it's a great episode. Yeah, like in the Night Stalker. Yeah, it was, was really wa- fun. I was re-watching the Night Stalker movie again the other day. Aisha Cook Jr. pops up for a few yep. minutes. He's, you know, he's great. He's a he's wonderful actor. Sure, sure. <laughs> he's all <laughs> over the place. It's like people are always telling, we were talking about, you know, film noir. Um, it's like Elisha Cook Jr. is just in every film noir movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He plays that character. He plays. Yeah. You know, you know. Very good. But court martial, it's a it's a winner. It's a yeah. Do we want to do one of these in commendations? Yes. Oh. Should I start? Yes. Okay. <laughs> commendations are the usual. I mean, it's like it's a it's a very well written story, very paced really well. Um, I like that it's uh, it's not a you know there there's specifically no um, no um, space action you know mark mentioned at the beginning that it's a it's a non-science fiction story set in a science fiction setting and it is it's a courtroom drama but but the science fiction part comes in with the fact that the computer has been tampered with and in those days computers were we didn't have computers in our homes so that was a futuristic kind of a thing but the idea of making the story out of that I mean, if you're thinking about the idea of writing an episode of Star Trek in the 60s, back when this was written, and you wanted to do a courtroom drama, and what would be the what would be the the you know the thing that you're fighting about here would be something you would imagine it would be something something else in the context of Star Trek, but they did it on it's kind of a small scale. It was like a, a simple press of a button. And I thought that was pretty cool. Where it was, when did he press the button? And it was this. It was a a microscopic little thing, you know, was before the, before the red alert or, or after the red alert, you know, and I like that idea where they took something that was relatively insignificant seeming and it turned into something that killed somebody. And then it turned into something that somebody else did to try to frame, um, you know, Kirk. So that's my commendation is the coolness of the story. Just the, the general idea of this courtroom drama being something that, not only proved Kirk um, innocent, but it also had another level to it that revealed that this guy was trying to frame Kirk for, for murdering him. It's kind of cool. Nice <laughs> twist. I like stuff like that. Yeah. How about your anomaly? Anomalies? I don't know. This one, is, this one doesn't really have a whole lot of anomalies. Um, I think um, <laughs> the... Uh, yeah, I can't think of any anomalies right now in this okay. episode, except for the the, the push button that says "jettison pod" right there, <laughs> where his elbow goes on the, on the armrest, but, next to the green light, which makes you want to hit it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh crap! I just ejected the pod. Oh, wrong button. <laughs> but you know, I just ejected the, the jettison the pod again. <laughs> I keep doing that. But Stop no, hitting jettison the pod. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> Who designed this? I got to put my elbow somewhere, for God's yeah. sake. <laughs> we lost another pod. Yeah. <sighs> uh, how about you, Mark? Do you have any uh, ups and downs for this one? 
um, like Burke, I think this is just great drama. Um, yeah. It is like there's enough science fiction to still call it a science fiction show, but it's funny because we've moved so far along uh, uh, technically that you can now look at it and go, oh wow! But given when it was made, it's it's wonderful. Yeah. My only uh, gripe with it at all is when they go uh, stop the frame and move forward on the panel, and all of a sudden it's a shot from the back. Right. Oh. The hand is from like like in 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 the show when we're seeing it like real far away, his hands like this, and then when they show it, it's the backside. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> right. that's one hell of a. You got that 3D computer mapping going on, you know, Impressive. analyze Impressive. the atmosphere. Maybe everything. the Talosians, which were would actually, which <laughs> the which which, so which funny. is funny because given modern science and everything like that, and what the future is going to hold, that actually is the answer i'm actually giving the answer back to that but back then they wouldn't have known it right it's like maybe right. something doesn't photograph or or register uh um uh, uh you know the way a photograph does in modern times yeah but in, in a way it actually sends out like a sonar thing that photographs from a billion points of view all Different at angles. the same moment you can so i just answered my question so there is no problem with this show <laughs> So and it's not perfect. even the heartbeat thing that Kathy's complaining about. <laughs> I didn't actually, really complain. I just thought it was weird. Case closed. <laughs> that was that Mark's closing statement. <laughs> We're in the shadow of the machine, people. I'm telling you. I have to I have to defend that um, heartbeat thing, even though the prop is clearly like just a radio show. <laughs> it's just radio like track. a microphone. It's an old mic. <laughs> But know it all twist the bottom of it to, but, but No, it's idea, camouflage. No one will know what it is. <laughs> It's actually very smart the way he said he's using white noise to eliminate certain heartbeats. That is actually the technology used in noise canceling headphones. It's a it's a it's a frequency mm. that if if there's noise like this is the noise outside of the headphones, the it the headphones actually listen to that noise and create a counter noise that is the opposite oh, of I've it. I've heard of that. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. And it's a it sounds like a white noise. If you were okay. to isolate the 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 signal that your head your noise canceling headphones make, it would it would sound like shh. And what it's doing is creating a frequency that counters the frequency of the noise on the outside. I've heard so of that. So it cancels yeah. it out. So the idea back in the 60s that they were used, that they were talking about that, they were following current research and things that were happening, you know, were happening in MIT or wherever they were studying this about noise canceling and they took it to a weird place, but it was like, yeah, I mean, saying that implies that they're following the news of the times and the, you know, the, the current cutting edge stuff. So I, that's a commendation. You know, that makes one. me want to go play the record ACDC for Kathy, uh, ACDC <laughs> shot down in flames. <laughs> Is I, I want to clarify, I didn't hate it. It was just a weird idea. No, you said, hey, back yeah. up the tape. She hated it. <laughs> I let said, her alter that tape. It was Rewind kind of tape, weird how they had <laughs> the heartbeat thing was weird. It's a little weird. Yeah, so as a kid, as a kid, I went, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a microphone. <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> Well, I'll say that uh, I love Elijah Cook Jr., Percy Rodriguez. I think the the you know yeah, the yeah, guest starring uh, uh, top notch Joan and Marshall the lady also yeah, Joan yeah. fantastic very good casting is uh, good on the show yeah really yeah. good. I mean, my anomaly was just going back to that weird narration at the end. I think that's just sort of a a, a kind of a pay, like a glued on part of the script. Like we we got to 
wrap this up in two minutes. Either you do a captain's log or you don't do it. You figure it right. out. I just, I don't know when he, if there's a, other narration, other episodes, maybe there are, but that was, that just stuck out to me. Like, Oh, they're just trying to clean this up. And all it, of a sudden Kirk is narrating the show. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> funny. I remember I was reading like a Marvel comic when I was a kid and they, you could tell that they were running out of space for the amount of pages that they had. So all right. of the boxes got real tiny. Yeah. Yeah. It was Jack Kirby too. It was a real yeah. tragedy, but, but as it got smaller and smaller, it was a Hulk, an, an early issue of the Hulk. And it was like the, the box. And finally, when they showed the destruction of like this major <laughs> complex, it's like, it's like the, the windows like that big. Yeah. And it was and like, and then it's at the end, you know, one of those <laughs> yeah, great but, Kirby silhouettes with no background. Yeah, yeah. You would have just these silhouettes of people fighting or whatever in a little tiny box like that, and then all of it was text or something. Yeah, yeah but yeah, Mark, I mean, when you said that today, because we are really observing this episode, I said, boy, that really is kind of just shoved in there because <laughs> they don't have time to show Cogley bringing back the daughter because they got to show Kirk being Mr. Cool. You right, know? Right, right. Maybe right. they lost the day of shooting. They're like, we'll just, we'll just say something about it later. <laughs> she, the girl went off on a bender, and they couldn't find her, so they couldn't. They couldn't. They lost her. Oh well, we'll just write something. She's a Patty Duke wannabe. So (laughs) that's a great Kathy. Your anomaly, of course, is the heartbeat. No. (laughs) You know, again, I don't really have a ton of anomalies. I mean, the anomalies are just picky stuff. Like the legal stuff could have been maybe worked out a little better, Uh, but it still didn't ruin it at all. I thought it was totally fun. Totally fun escapism. I like the whole legal drama aspect of it. I love Joan. Is it Joan Marshall? Yes. She was amazing. I loved her in it because I liked that she came in and you thought, oh, here comes one of these Kirk women. And then she right. totally becomes like this opponent who's not an opponent but is. I thought that was kind of a cool, complex, um, kind of psychosexual drama going on there. And but then, at like, the end, what's she going to do to him at the end? But the end, at the end, like she was, is it on the, you know, when the, the show's wrapping up, doesn't she say something like, is it okay if, uh, you know, a lonely whatever uh-huh. kisses the captain on yeah. the bridge? <laughs> Did you ever see the blooper reel with her where she goes, yes. is, is it yeah, okay yeah. for me to kip the, uh, kiss the star of a ship's captain? Yeah. And Shatner <laughs> goes, hmm, like this, and he grabs her and he really <laughs> just starts, and he crushes her to him, and it's like yeah. everybody on the set's laughing. <laughs> They seem to be having a yeah. good time. I guess so. <laughs> All yeah. those Star Trek blooper reels are, are you know, uh, William Shatner making out with some chick. I yeah, mean, exactly. It's, like, it's ridiculous. It's like, uh, but but I think I like, you know, I appreciate when they have a woman on there who's not just the prop that right. is going to be the comedy relief for Kirk, that it sort of starts that way, and then they kind of go, oh, she's more than that. So I thought that right. was very fun. But I really like this episode. They did actually do that a lot on the show, which is, you know, something that even for the times, it wasn't always perfect, but... They did have women who had careers and, you know, they were good at their job and respected. And, you know, that's something that still there's there's little cracks in it here and there, mm-hmm. of course, because of when it was filmed and who was filming it. And, but I think one thing that that it, for the times, I think mm-hmm. it was surprisingly uh, good with the with the roles for women and people of color and, yeah, you know. I agree. It was groundbreaking that way. Yeah, yeah they were sure. pretty good about it. So right. yeah, I like this one way better than the next one we're going to talk about. <laughs> What's the next one? Return of the Archons. Yeah, oh, that's right. But that after one. that, it's uh, Space Seed. Space Seed. That's a yes. Good one. Then we'll go to that. So, yeah. You could actually make a movie out of that idea. That's right. You <laughs> <laughs> could. All right. Well, that was fun. All Mark, right. Thank you very much for wearing your famous monster shirt. That's Love funny. it. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, can you yeah, stand up so I... we can see the whole thing? Uh, stand up. Take oh, a turn. It's the oh, werewolf uh, of London, right? 
werewolves of London. Uh, uh, now we got to pay for that. Thanks. Oh yeah. I'm friends with uh, Cor- I'm friends with Cortland Hull. He's uh, related oh. to Henry Hull, who played him. Uh, really? If you ever looked oh, at really cool. old, if you looked at really old issues of Famous Monsters, Cortland was in there a lot over at yeah. 40s Place. Nice. I that. But uh, yeah, I love I love these shirts. Awesome. Oh. Thank you so much. We'll have you on again for Thanks. sure. Yeah. I I really appreciate it. It's fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, okay. See you fun. next time. Hopefully. Yeah, and don't forget to like, uh, subscribe, and comment on our YouTube channel. Sorry. You too, Mark. Just, yeah, you too, Mark. <laughs> so yeah, I go like. up and just hit the button. Like you, us. You have to mash it. Please Whack like them it. all. Mash it. A button. <laughs> There's a button there. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Another one down. Yay. Right. Bye, everybody. Mr. Sulu, take us out. The Cinemondo Star Trek podcast, and we're we're warping out. Don't lean on that button. <laughs> Bonk. Oops! I jettisoned the pod. Oh, damn it! There goes another pod. <laughs> that like a Tide pod? One of them. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Doodles. <laughs>